0: Hello and welcome back to Who's On Worst, our first ever video edition. So if you're watching from the YouTubes, welcome. This is all happening as a result of us losing our podcast network and uh, rejoining a brand new podcast network. So I'm sure if you found Raise Your Voice in the past couple of weeks, it has been on for fans. Oh my God, what do we call it?
1: Fans First Sports Network.
0: Thank you. I, I know where we are. (laughs) Uh, On Fans First Sports Network, um, where we are now located with the rest of the D-Rays Bay podcasts in total. Um, Obviously, you have not seen us for a little while and have most of you probably never seen us before. So hello, I'm Ashley, your host. Uh, With me, as always, my co-host Darby Robinson. Darby, give a wave. Hello. Wonderful and intrepid producer and uh, honorary co-host, always, uh, Brett Rutherford. Yeah, and I know you, you warned
2: us before we started recording not to pick our noses. That what I just did was a scratch. It was just a kind of a I, I did, uh, Seinfeld.
1: I did give a side. reminder
0: um, that people would actually be able to see us this time. And so um, I am kind of really tragically disappointed we didn't have the video option aside when we did Kevin Costner's uh, For Love of the Game because <laughs> we absolutely lost our minds with the milk in the milk broom. bread. The bread. Um, and that really would have been fun, I think. I think if Brett can find the file, there might be video of it, and I'll I'll insert it at some point in the future, just so you guys can enjoy it. Um, but yes, so this is being hosted on my um, YouTube channel, 90 Feet From Home. Um, so if you want to go back through the backlogs and find some good baseball tutorial information, that's there. Yes, regular videos are coming back. I get a lot of comments. Uh, I am in the middle of moving. This is why my house is so clean. It has never in its life been this empty or clean. Um, So if anybody in Winnipeg would like to buy it, please do. Um, And once I am fully moved, I can uh, resume doing fun things. But what we did this past week was not fun. Uh, And what we did was watch the 1994 film Cobb starring Tommy Lee Jones and Robert Wool? Wool. Is that his name? Am I making that up? Am I conf- conflating the director and the guy who played um, Stumpy? I think Darby froze our first ever video.
1: Um, hm Are we frozen?
0: You're good. You're fine.
1: Okay. Cool. Uh. Yeah. So, Ra- this this film this film. Okay. So, Ty, this is a disaster. Like an unmitigatedly awful movie like i i had so much but the the film has some real talent in it
0: Unfortunately. and
1: you mentioned like kind of like the director ron shelton
0: thank you Yeah, is
1: the director and ron shelton Ed has writer. made really good movies he wrote and directed bull durham bull durham white men can't jump blue chips Club, Cup. which actually wasn't terrible yeah yeah those are those are four great sports movies in four different genres you have a uh, really fun i think it, it really holds up basketball movie i mean i think that white men can't jump is awesome it has a weird remake right now but i don't i don't know if anybody's gonna watch that but they are blue chips is not that great of a movie but i enjoyed it nick nolte and shaquille o'neal um and uh, yeah, Tin Cup is very fun. I Very enjoyable. can make a fun movie about golf. I actually quite liked that movie. Yeah. We were seeing it ages ago. And yet, and, and he did Bull Durham, which is widely considered maybe the best baseball movie of all time. Arguably one of the uh, top five, for sure. It, it's a classic. It's a fantastic movie. And then he made this. And this is a this is a mess. And we're going to talk about the different ways it's a mess. But like as a movie as a as like a piece of like just storytelling. it's it's rough. It's rough, man. It's a rough watch,
0: yeah. I think if you even like divorce, we're going to talk towards the end of the show about a lot of the historical inaccuracies and truly the like abysmal, abysmal things that Al Stump has done to the legacy of Ty Cobb. Um, but I think without that, without the lie factor, which we'll talk about, without like so much of it, this movie—and I—I'll quote my own Letterboxd review—is um, an abysmal piece of shit. <laughs> like, just from a, a strictly—and I get to swear now because it's my—it's—it's it's my feed. <laughs> the power. Um, anyway. <laughs> I'm
1: um, get the little it, e-check now yeah, on it's on just yeah, I'll
0: have to give it a <laughs> no no children tag um but it's just badly made like it's scenes drag on to an excruciating mm. length mm. and like Tommy Lee Jones is is chewing scenery left and right I think there's I read it left where there's the, nothing the director, left of the scenery yeah the director told him to to play the role as if he was Sam Peckinpah um oh. and he was just he he did what he was asked to do he, um yeah. but <laughs> he what delivered he did what he not do is play Ty Cobb um what he played as far as i can tell is a cantankerous southern oil baron um who is you know going out shooting and then you have robert wool as the like intrepid reporter who had me glued to my phone trying to figure out if Al Stump was ever a respected reporter, even in his era. Mm-hmm. Because they really, really leaned heavy on him being not just some hat job reporter, on him being more than just an average reporter. He
1: was but the Ty Cobb of baseball writing.
0: Yeah. They're <laughs> treating him like he's the fucking Roger Angel of like his era in the 1960s. and I want to know um, what his
2: routine is for mailing in his... Hall of Fame ballot and if it matches up with Tom Verducci's like I want to know what <laughs> yeah. he does every year. What does Stumpy do?
0: So yeah, it's, um, and I think Robert Wool's entire, and I went through Robert Wool's back catalog and I think the thing he's most famous for is Arliss somehow. Yeah. Um, yeah. And his entire He also in Boulder. is just to go like this. Like with this slack God <laughs> youthful thing that I think would have played really well if the character was like 22 if you think about like, Almost Famous, where you have, like, the Patrick Fugit role where he's, like, secretly 14 and has, like, convinced Philip Seymour Hoffman to let him write an article for Rolling Stone, that's where I think that, like, slack-jawed, wide-eyed, like, approach to things really works. This guy was 40 and going through a divorce and he's acting like he's never seen boobs before in his life, like... It's such a strange... So, lo- I think we
1: should we should talk about it as a movie... And we'll go in scene by scene because that's the part that's crazy is that Stumpy, Al Stump, uh, is constantly in this like, this is outrageous. What is happening? Oh my gosh, I, I'm leaving, but then I'm not leaving, but I am leaving, but I am not leaving. And it's like, like he's like going to get his fainting couch. He needs to like, he's he's getting the vapors. But it's like, I thought this was the, like kind of the idea was that like Hobb. Uh, in this story is a like absolute madman. Yeah. And he is like, this is the, this is the, what a crazy opportunity though, to get to write the autobiography of a lunatic, of an unhinged maniac and like getting like the inside scoop. Like that would be the, like I, it, the film kept trying to bounce between the idea that Stump was like, Ooh, I'm in on this great ground floor like this is going to be the this is going to be the piece of my life something that really matters and also being like stuck and not able to get out which is weird because like the character should just be one or the other it should be a young reporter that Cobb is you know bringing in it's his big break and this is an opportunity for him to like do something that actually matters but like he needs Cobb more than Cobb needs him or yeah. it should be like a battle of like I, I'm I don't need you you don't need me but we're gonna like we're gonna you know be like kind of equals a battle of equals very weird the film tries to ha- have it both ways it doesn't work in either way
0: in it doesn't film, work in, any.
2: In, in a film where uh, Ty Cobb is portrayed as just this piece of human garbage <laughs> somehow. They created a more unlikable character with Al Stump. That's the
1: part. That's what's crazy is I'm like, I don't like either of you two. And this guy is like, we see in this film. Okay. We'll just run. We're going to run down some of the scenes, but like in this film, we see Ty Cobb just like chew, like a bottle of pills constantly and wash it down with like a handle of, of Jack. We see him just shooting guns at everything constantly. We just willy-nilly, uh, be super duper racist, uh, attempt a rape.
0: Yep. Sexually uh, assault yeah.
1: Like and and then other awful things. And yet I'm more like sympathetic to him than I am to Al Stump. And I don't like either of these two and I don't want to be in I don't want to watch either of these two and most of the film is just these two and I'm like I hate all of you I hate both of these people so badly that I'm just like in the film like can early on when they're driving in like a, a like a Hanna-Barbera-esque scene down a snowy um like Tahoe his, Ty, Ty, Ty Cobb is living in like I think Tahoe, right? I
0: think so, because they go to Reno and I think they're they go to Reno
1: and that's close, and that's where snow would be. And but they're driving on the snowy like cliff, and it's just he's just like inside the car, you have Tommy Lee Jones.
0: He's chasing him. So let's let's put a pause. We'll go. We gotta go gotta go back. We
1: gotta go back. Yes.
0: Let's talk about the plot of this movie for those lucky enough to have never seen it. The plot of this film is very simple. It is al stump is a reporter it's 1960 i think when the movie starts um Mm -hmm. is a you know hot like top of his game sports reporter and he gets the call of a lifetime being asked to it's very unclear because it really sounds like he's being asked to write an article about ty cobb at the beginning of this movie when you find out later that he's actually being asked to assist in writing the autobiography And that is not made clear in the beginning of this movie because it sounds like Ty Cobb calls him directly at a bar and then invites him to tell him his story. And then the next thing you know, he's in Tahoe at his mansion um, where the obligatory uh, black housekeeper, um, Mm -hmm. like house assistant is on his way out the door screaming obscenities at Ty Cobb and walking off into the blizzardy night. Um, But the basic idea here is that Stump has agreed to help Ty Cobb write his life story and Ty Cobb is now 72, riddled with disease, living alone in this mansion, like Mr. Burns, with a weird valet character who just kind of hovers around the periphery. And they set about the worst road trip film you've ever seen in your life, <laughs> with the goal end being getting to Cooperstown for an enormous mm-hmm. ceremony, or what you would think would be the end, and... Um, To go to Cooperstown for this big ceremony with all the greats so that Cobb can have his last moment in the sun, get his book written, and then die. That is his goal. He wants to tell his life story before he keels over and he promises throughout the film that he will last longer than it takes for Stump to write the book. Stump, meanwhile, has decided to write two books. One with the approval of Ty, with everything basically Ty is dictating and telling him to say, and the other his own lurid, deep, dark, all of the secrets... Everything spilled, terrible fantasy, and I emphasize fantasy um of what he thinks Ty is really like, the truth, as it were, from Al Stump's perspective. Um and this movie is over two hours long, which is easily forty minutes longer than it needs to be.
1: You and... feel every second. every oh. single frame is yeah. felt.
0: There's a scene that I felt was the end of the film, and I paused the movie and realized that there was still a half hour left. And I want, I almost stopped. I almost like, you know, (laughs) I'm good. I've seen enough of this to give my opinion. I could stop right here and still do this entire podcast. I would have then missed the true gem of a final outro monologue from Stump um, about the truth, which was, Mm -hmm. oh, oh, so deliciously um, ironic. but yeah, it's basically at its heart a weird buddy drama road trip movie about a dying man telling a shitty reporter his life story.
1: Yeah, just the, just an awful human being, like the maybe the worst person that ever existed in Ty Cobb in this this character, the character of Ty awful. Cobb. Like it's he's like Yosemite Sam with the way he's like with the firing guns gun. going oh yeah it's and he's just so and like listen Tommy Lee Jones is a very gifted actor yeah this is a nightmarishly bad performance but again I Sam Peckinpah thing I I don't think this is I don't blame Tommy Lee Jones for this I blame whatever they were like just turn it up to like fifteen and break off the knob Tommy and he was like whatever check cleared. Here we go, pew, pew, pew. Uh, because it, I Tommy Lee Jones, more reserved, can be a very terrifying, high yes. gravitas. Like Cobb should have been the way they amplified the almost cartoonish level of evil, just made him a like a cartoon character rather than like a menacingly like dangerous. Like this is this is maybe actually a really awful person. Who's lived a very deeply scarred life and has done some awful things. Yeah. And to the point where I was like, there's no way any of this is true. Like this is cartoonishly dumb. Like yeah. he's he is the every worst trait of humanity rolled into one person. And it's so over the top. I, I will say, like, you you get this road trip thing where it starts off where he's like, I want to go to Reno uh to 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 get a prostitute. <laughs> And it's like long. all right
0: yeah we're off
1: we're off on this um but i was excited because i love there is something i absolutely love in movies which is old vegas or reno like period piece like seeing and this delivered in on that which is great um except for in the background there is uh i, I could see this circus circus which does not get built in, oh. in Reno know until the late 60s incorrect ding cinema sin for. For you, no. We'll that's, the it,
0: yeah. that's
1: that's the, yeah, who gives a crap? But like, the, Ron Shelton, you get a pass for that one. Uh, the rest, you don't get a pass for. Um, but yeah, you he races, Stump, then he crashes, and then he, by gunpoint, forces Stump to drive him down the hill. They then pick up the, the house man, Willie, which you then get a very fun... Actually, I will say, this is one of like the first scenes that I actually enjoyed, which was Basically, Willie in the back with a gun, uh and Cobb driving, and Stump. Was oh, it and- the
0: listing the baseball players scene? Yes, yes. Yeah. I I thought that was actually quite fun,
1: and like Cobb and Willie, like I I don't know, that was actually quite a fun scene. Um, and then they get to Reno, and then the the Harris Club. That was I thought like setting wise was really cool, and then it just gets it, like there's just seconds of like okay you have settled down just slightly, and then it just ratchets up to like the most uncomfortable and crazy level, and you're just like, I just, I just want to just stop, just stop this movie. Because
2: you get uh, uncoven,
1: Cobb, I think, in the uncomfortable zone. Like it's it's all the way, yeah. You have I Cobb think... going up on stage at the at the club. You get like a little bit of the charming, you know, charismatic Cobb. And then he goes up on stage and just is super racist.
0: Well, he's uh, super funny for a second because they're like, oh, you know, if you were going up against today's players, how do you think you would do? And he's like, oh, I probably hit about 290. And the guy's like, oh, really? Because you hit over 400. You know, your lifetime batting average was this. And he's like, why do you think you'd only hit 290? He's like, well, because I'm fucking 72 years old. <laughs> and I thought yeah, that was oh, so good. And great then he just cascades skates, like any goodwill you get from like these very funny kind of like natural moments and I get it like the way this film is designed you're not supposed to like Ty but you're I I think the problem is is that in order to create a good narrative that people want to watch you have to have somebody you bond to and I think like this you're only trauma bonding and it's really yeah. hard to do that with either of them because like mm-hmm. Stump is so awful. And there was a point at the Harrow scene where Stump is looking at the bar and he sees Ramona who is um, a cigarette girl. And they have met the previous day and I use met loosely because he tries to check into the hotel and is the rudest prick alive. She's clearly talking to the hotel manager and he interrupts mm-hmm. her mid-sentence to start demanding rooms and she's very reasonably like hey dude can't you see I'm in the middle of something here and he's being pushy and whatever and then the next day he's like oh hey don't you remember me from the hotel and I'm like yeah dude she does and she's like oh yeah great you're the asshole from yesterday and he seems so shocked that she would think this and then I realized to my horror when he walks up to her at the bar I'm like they're gonna try to make this a romantic thing they're going to like i'm like no woman in her right mind and like so that whole ramona thing cascades horribly we'll talk about that i think a little bit more detail later um with trigger warnings um don't watch this movie if you have any issues with
1: it. <laughs> anything um, with anything horrible just everything horrible. like listen all but, I mean,
0: don't watch this movie um, <laughs> but like there's just a lot of like truly genuinely awful stuff but yeah they they were setting up like a brief moment where it was supposed to be romantic And I'm like, this is appalling, like, this is like, you can watch a show, like, It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, where the characters, there's no redeeming character traits Mm -hmm. anywhere, all of those characters are awful, but the joke is on them, like, terrible things are happening to them, we are finding it funny because of comeuppance, because terrible things are happening, Because, you know, they're never going to achieve greatness, right? Like, they're always just going to be stuck at this bar in Philly. And here you don't get that because Ty Cobb is and remains one of the greatest baseball players of all time. Stump, I don't think, got discredited until well after he died. Mm -hmm. So he continued to live his legacy alive as it was. But, like, these people are awful. Awful, awful people it's yeah
1: it's super rough you you get a series of of like vignettes of like basically them going across the country doing things causing chaos continuing rinse and repeat and it and it's just too it's too long because we're like i get it he's a monster but also with that harris club scene is is i feel like it misses the trick which is the idea should be And the the whole film is basically Cobb is narrating a very sanitized version, like a very whitewashed version of his real life to stop. And then in the process of like, in the throes of like drug and alcoholism and cancer, like every cancer known to man, like riddling him, uh, he's like giving true stories of his life. And like, those are the real dark stuff. So like the Harris Club, the charming, funny thing out in public would make sense and then like what happens with ramona in private would make sense where it's like this guy is a monster but the world just sees a superstar and like that's the like that's the thing is then the the final conflict to skip to like the ending with stump is like whether to tell the true story or to keep it hidden because because the why what
0: that, that what was wait the, but the that's not
1: the happened. lesson of the movie like that's not his story it like doesn't make any sense because the movie is based on the book that is taught that is truth, all of this
0: so so like, it is kind of doesn't do there, that because at the end of the movie you're right Stomp is like no no he's a prince among men great guy and the ending narration is him talking about how he picked a different truth and how maybe the truth is what we whatever it needs to be for kids to still have heroes and blah mm-hmm. blah blah. Meanwhile, we've just finished watching two hours and 10 minutes of a movie based on his lie-filled so-called biography. Like it's
1: such a weird it like as a narrative picture, as a story, it doesn't make any sense. Like that ending is so weird as a narrative, like lesson or theme because the film is about this monster but also he's so publicly a monster that like everybody would know it like even back then where it's like well before like twitter and the internet if ty cobb is just showing up places shooting up the place which he does like he goes to a craps table and he starts firing a gun in the air uh, and being racist and
0: starts screaming racial slurs it's like this would like, be you would, you would get into news yeah like, the
1: newspapers would be like wow famous baseball legend ty cobb like maybe back then they might be like whatever the racism but like the the shooting i think would be like wow he caused a scene like at least it would be like he caused a real scene but yeah. because of the fact that that doesn't happen it doesn't make any sense story-wise because what is Stump's book about? Like, if it's like, oh, he's actually a monster, it'd be like, yeah, we know, we've seen him. He keeps, he's been alive for like decades, and he keeps going to clubs and bars and and brothels. Like, yeah, he's a, we all know. We 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 have an alarm when Ty Cobb comes to town. We all get under the desk. It's called like Jackson going on. Yeah, like, oh no, Cobb <laughs> is coming. We gotta get get to the shelter, honey. He's he's coming to town. Spikes up. Uh, it's. <laughs> It, it's so like it but like the film ends like oh but we need heroes what you just showed me heroes
0: you want to have a hours burned his wife alive in a house you know <laughs> and we and still we're like him. baseball heroes
1: oh my god it's so weird it's such a weird story what is the what is the theme like what is the like narrative drive that like we're supposed to be rooting for who like that's that's the part of this that fails as a movie, right? Because like all it is is two deeply unlikable bad people going through scene by scene doing awful things, being lie lying and deceitful to each other, just being and it's just I the ending is like trying to be like positive and instead really
0: deep or something. I, I, don't know, I just it's weird read all the notes I have about how pointless this movie is. Uh, what is this argument scene at the beginning um, with all the, sorry, the sports writers at the bar just arguing over? Oh, yeah. yeah. Can we, solid five minutes.
1: Can we talk about this? Because, like, the movie starts, and I think at this point I knew I was like, this is going to be rough, because it starts with all of these old sports writers in a bar, again, talking nonsense. And that's just all they do. And then Stump comes in and he's like the hero of the. The the writers and I'm like this is such a this feels like it is for like those like beat writers to be like yeah, yeah that's it looks like the days is... it's a it's a oh, have... this is not this is not great this is not a great scene to already start us off with I to introduce us to our feels protagonist
0: feels a thousand years too long um I just have I just have notes in here that only say Jesus Christ. Just my response to this movie existing was just Jesus Christ. I said this movie is a fucking fever dream, and then so fucking bad, and then this movie has no right to be this long. These are all notes I made to myself through the course of angry. Two hours. Getting
2: angrier. I, like, I wrote. I wrote one note before I got too angry to. Look
0: is so notes. long? I don't even think you can see that, but it's like a whole page of my
2: notes screen. What's your note? My one note, and it was during the. Uh, car going down to reno scene i said we have spent way too much time in this fucking car and <laughs> after that i did not care enough to write notes
0: that scene lasted like 20 goddamn minutes it's of just them incredible. going down a hill in a blizzard
1: why do you start it off with a chase scene why are they not just driving in the same car like cut that out and just go to like well you it's we've established that he that that he's like crazy like we don't need the chase scene and then the car scene and then the, like I feel like it's just a hat on a hat on a hat like we're like we have beat this point to death
0: yeah and then as much
1: have- as as much as Ty Cobb beat to death uh, somebody in Chicago <laughs> allegedly like, uh, according like- to Al Stump
0: I had a moment where I'm like, how many days has Willie been out there? Like, it was supposed to be like an hour. The way that the timeline of this movie is structured Mm. is absolute garbage and nonsense. It's incomprehensible because they make it seem like Stump has been at this house in Tahoe for a week, writing (laughs) a memoir with him. Meanwhile, in the first scene he got there that this houseman has left, And then they're off on their car trip to Reno and you see a guy like practically frozen in a snowbank a la like The Shining. And he pulls over and they stop because they're maniacs. Why would you stop for a man in a snowbank? That's insane. Maybe I'm just a woman and I don't stop for anybody because Ted Bundy taught me you never help anyone. Um, But (laughs) they pull over for this man and it's like, oh, it's him. And I'm like, hasn't he been at this house for like half a month by now? And it's did he have no car? How did he day? get to,
1: How did he get there originally?
0: Yeah, did he just think he Weird. would walk off in a blizzard and like make it to Reno? I don't. It was. Know. It was
1: just that being around Cobb it was just that. It's I'd be like, like, I'll, I'll, I'll die in the. I'll die in the cold than be with this man for one more minute. Uh the the film. I'm trying to even think of all of the scenes. I had a lot of notes that were just like, like all over scenes. the place.
0: I'm sorry. There's yeah. like there's there's hey let's argue at a bar because we're old white men there's stump goes to cobb's house there's 25 minutes and i'm going to add five minutes every time i talk about the scene of going down the hill in a snowstorm there's shenanigans in uh, reno and then there's what happens on our way to and from cooperstown yeah that's it that's the movie there's also a scene where he shoots up a hospital because there should be oh no i'll have to add a sixth one where stump loses his goddamn senses when a server a server processor shows up yeah bradley whitford i know you're in your career bradley but what are you doing in this movie nailed it
1: nailed the scene
0: loses his mind and starts shooting the place up because of course he's been with Cobb too long um yeah process server is that what it is, is that yeah it is? yeah cuz yeah. he's
1: he's getting divorced so he's getting yeah. served the papers
0: so um when <sighs> i see this movie is a goddamn fever dream like if you are what i was doing sitting on your phone for most of it and only looking up to observe it from time to time because it's just not fun to look at um yeah. you will have a lot of questions about how you got to places i i had a note that was a
1: question which, which was an exclamation question, which was how many bullets did they bring on this trip? Because they just <laughs> shooting constantly. Stump yes. is shooting. Cobb uh, uh, is shooting. Just the uh, just gun is just firing off left and right. Um, I also I also made a note here. This is completely beside the point, but twice in this film, twice. People are put to bed, right, in, like, a state of, like, whatever, drunken stupor, but, like, backwards in the bed. Yeah. Which I'm like, this is weird that it's happened twice, because it, Cobb gets put to bed that way, like, after upside the, down after at the foot. After the assault. After the assault. Yeah. which he
0: tucked in, like, a baby after attempting to essay a woman.
1: What's crazy in that scene is that film this film is too like comedically and it's not trying to be a comedy at all but it's like so over the top that like having a fairly like suddenly slowed down brutal like like assault level I scene I wouldn't
0: say attempted essay because he did assault her like right oh
1: yeah no it's straight like, up and I was like what is happening in this movie is this about to like what are we doing here
0: Yeah, like Like, he was
1: It's so weird because then like okay, so Stump comes in and like like stops it, but then but like Cobb is like impotent. It's like a it's a it's a fucking weird ass scene.
0: Sympathetic or find it funny because he's like switched to this mode where he's like absolutely raging against his own penis. Like, he goes on this diatribe of yelling, like, why won't you get up? Why won't you, like, you're just useless. And he's basically punching himself in the dick because it won't get up. And I'm just like, what am I supposed to be taking away from this? It's such a because- weird scene. And then so then Stump comes
1: in or whatever and Ramona gets away. But then, like, that's, like, early in the film. And we then are just still with them. And it's like, but Stump is, but, like, this is the part where Stump is, like, I'm going to, I, because this is a moment, right, where, so Stump puts him to bed backwards weirdly and tucks him in but then this is the moment where narration wise stump is like this is the point where i now realize that i'm going to write this book but what i'm going to do is i'm going to write two books one where blah blah blah. so like this is like i guess like that's the 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 motivating factor for stump to like tell the true story which then he doesn't because of whatever reasons but like that's insane you just Just saw a crime you stopped a crime after like you you were involved in a crime go to the police i mean it's the sixth whatever fucking but like it's a like what are you doing Al, you're a writer
0: i'm gonna i'm gonna tell my own truth that's the moment you say you're a psychotic like violent criminal and i'm going to leave now forever
1: you get the police then you write your article and then like wow that's like an article that could win like a peabody like that there you go there's your article. Yeah, Bam. write your
0: truth out of that. Hey, I spent you know one week with Ty Cobb, and here's what I saw.
1: It's so weird. It's really, really weird. And so, you have this like, just, just uncomfortably weird, like aura throughout the whole film, and it just is unrelenting. Like, there's no like ebbs and flows. The only part I will say, there's one scene in this film. That I actually thought worked like extremely well, and and was acted well, and it was at Cooperstown, and they're doing the film reel, which they which they start the film with a film reel, and then they do the exact same film reel twice. Why are we doing it twice? Like, why did you cut that twice? That's such a weird choice. Anyway, so we get to that film reel, and we're watching it again, but now in this. It is intercut with scenes of horror from Cobb's life, things that he's done, things that have happened in his to his family, to his mother, to his father. Um, and he is like, like he's like clearly haunted and like freaking out and everyone's like, oh my God, isn't that that was great when you hit you know off of you know him and and, and like, but he, nobody else is seeing it. This is all you see all in Cobb's head. And like, that is like a really cool, interesting scene that I was like, man, if that was the film, if it was like a little toned down to like this guy had a, he was not a cartoon like Yosemite Sam, but like a complicated man of that era who was not, he was a rough, violent guy who just so happened to be like also the best baseball player of all time. And like telling that like complicated thing there's there's like an interesting story, and then maybe you could then like like have some sympathy, maybe not empathy, but sympathy for Cobb. But like the film to that point doesn't give you he's so bad, he's so vile, he's so grotesque that it's like you can't. This is way too little, too late to be able to do anything. But it's a really cool scene, and then like then they go tries to go to a party, and he like freaks out, and then then then. Stump freaks out. It's just like, ah, this movie is exhausting. It sucks so bad.
0: Yeah. I mean, like, you get interesting things like the scene where, like, Mickey Cochran, I think it is, like, mm. shows up at his hotel room wearing kind of a schlubby suit. And he's like, Mickey, what do you do? And I sent you money for a tux. And then he, like, you know, gets a hold of the operator and calls up the local, you know, menswear place and agrees to have them meet him so he can wear a tux to this event and look right. And he kind of realized, like according to the lore of this movie, that you know, Ty Cobb has been taking care of Mickey Cochran, you know, for his entire post-career life. Um, because you know, he needs it. And I think like we'll get into the truth, the truth yeah. of Ty Cobb later. But I mean, like, Cobb was in actual fact very liberal with his money after his career in terms of helping others. And that's almost a feasible reality like i don't think there's anything that shows that that's because i mean mickey cochran went on to like coat like manage the tigers like he was fine like <laughs> um so <laughs> it's like i mean he might have been a, a raging drunk and still managed them you know how they were in the like, back in the day they, even they now might have. yeah but <laughs> like they really made him kind of like be a schlub um, but I could picture Cobb being the kind of guy that would send, you know, like a thousand dollars in a Christmas card to like a groundskeeper he met once, you know what I mean? Like,
1: well, and it's an interesting thing that's in the film. That's, that's, I had to look up after, but like that it's sort of in there, but it's not really touched on too closely. It's hit a couple of times, but I guess Cobb was like really interestingly, like into stocks and like diversifying his portfolio like and world. made a lot of money
0: and odors like it's a just a throwaway but like the actual person ty cobb was was fucking fascinating
1: exactly like Like the greatest baseball player also was like coca-cola is going to be thing they're gonna they're gonna switch from bottles and that's gonna be like they're gonna be huge and it's like what an interesting early because now we do have a lot of athletes who are very diversified and like into things that are like you know both charity but also just like Economic, You know, they're like personal brand managers, as well as being like great athletes. So like that was a different era of that. But like one of the first people that actually not just like squander their wealth, but actually become richer through savvy investments. And I, okay, I think we just gotta get to it because like the rest of the film, whatever. They try to go to his daughter and does his daughter doesn't want to see him, blah, blah, blah. He then is in the hospital, he dies. Who cares?
0: He anyway, heckle a lot of blood and brings his gun to a hospital. And they just so my another peppy because we are going to switch gears, is that they show basically him dying alone with nothing but a mm-hmm. nurse and nobody coming to his funeral. Um, both of which, just to start off our list of things that are totally inaccurate. Um, are not accurate in real life when Ty Cobb died his ex-wife was with him he had two but his first ex-wife the mother of his children and I think three of his kids were Mm -hmm. also there with him when he passed away he had at least 150 people at his funeral but it was intentionally kept small because his ex-wife did not want you know a media spectacle being made Mm -hmm. out of it and so I think it was one of many very unfair treatments that Cobb got in this movie to make it look like, I mean, I think Stump said something in it where he's like, if he had friends, I never met a single one of them. And like he he really made it sound like Cobb had nobody. And mm-hmm. while I think it's very true that he did manage to alienate a lot of people with like how demanding and what kind of person that he was, he still had people in his life up to the end. Yeah. Oh. It, it it's it's silly
1: it's it's one of those things where like those that was part that was getting to the point in the film where i was like oh this, just
0: wasn't big, I, this is unbelievable i like, texted this is our just... group chat and i said how did no one get sued for this movie and i think I, that was the point where we hit the assault scene um and mm-hmm. i said how did mm-hmm. nobody get sued for this because that has been proven to have never happened
1: so here's some things so we got to get to now the, the the truth um or at least what we know is like lies yeah right because so Al Stump, funny enough did write a book that was the sanitized version of ty cobb that was just like whatever it's a, a road trip story and like just talking about his life it's a biography cool Uh, Who he ghost wrote it so it's an autobiography so he he wrote that
0: yeah he co-wrote it so it was like Ty Cobb an autobiography and like in the movie it was represented Cobb really wanted to talk about baseball like he really wanted to pass on how to play baseball and I wish they'd emphasize that more because you could tell he was so passionate like even in those little bits of Tommy Lee Jones doing that part well because like Mm -hmm. oh nobody wants to read about how to steal second base and they're like well they goddamn well should and like yeah
1: because there's more
0: art to it and all of this, and I'm like, that's interesting. Let's focus on why he wants that instead of his story. Like,
1: and and so you have this book, and it doesn't do that well. And so it is interesting that maybe in the film, the only part that is true is the idea that at the end, where he's talking about like people need heroes, maybe that's like a little bit of truth that like the opposite is what Stump was thinking, is that people like heroes, but people love to see heroes fall. And so what would be better is after Cobb dies, I write another book because my first one failed and I'm a failure, but I write another book and it is salacious. People will absolutely read this because like, what if, you know, when I talked about Ty Cobb and he was like a, he was an angel and a saint. What if he was the pure devil on earth like the antichrist come to form and that is what this movie is about it is just these stories and you already talked about one that was a verified lie so other lies that are just like straight up lies in the film they talk about a murder that takes place that cobb admits to or at least alludes to in Chicago where he like chases down some like street toughs and then he beats a guy to death and he leaves him there. Mm-hmm. So it, it's very funny. There's people that like, there, there's a really cool article on um, Smithsonian uh, uh, Smithsonian.com. So Smithsonian magazine uh, by Gilbert King called the knife and Ty Cobb's back that really goes over the details of like the book, and the movie, like what's what's portrayed in that, and then like the real life stuff. So like, oh, actually, it was, in, it was in Detroit. It was not in Chicago. It was in Detroit because like they, he, like he, people had investigated and talked to Detroit and like went back and t- like to be like murders at this time, blunt force traumas, things on these dates. Like, was there anything like that? There was just, like nothing. So like that seems to be fabricated. The other big part of this film, there's a huge section of it where it's talking about uh, Ty Cobb's father's murder. Uh, and it's first at the hands in the movie it's it's portrayed a couple different ways it's a little roshomon one just a uh, pause. Action.
0: the unnecessary wildly unnecessary inclusion of full frontal nudity in this movie <laughs> um in both of the scene um so first we just get female full frontal and then we get male full frontal later oh, yeah. feeling left out um but like
1: some, some the, for everybody
0: the second his mom like turned around boobs just out and i'm like to what end like what does this add to anything except to change the rating of a movie that's already probably they wanted
1: r? they were like this is gonna be like, well, we're
0: already rated r let's put some tits in it
1: and you know what something for the ladies
0: let's yeah, get it's a little, an little swing and dong in it at the end 30s you
1: know make it you know we we get this scene where like his father is sneaking back home because he thinks his wife is having an affair and he gets shot with a shotgun and dies because the wife thinks it's an intruder she wasn't actually having an affair oh what a tragedy then later on Cobb reveals the truth that actually it was
0: the mother's lover
1: the lover, that he was having an affair, and he does kill 100% him. One
0: hundred percent, putting a clip of SNL's mother lover right here. <laughs> and then there's another
1: scene with it where they revealed that it's actually the mother, not the who she is having an affair, and it was the 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 oh, person, yeah. the man. Then it the was he's having an affair, family. and it was the mother, and it was actually just like in cold blood, and she she knew it was coming. So here's the thing: his father died of a. Pistol wound. None of this stuff with like the 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 affair seems to be accurate. But even if it was, the gun is not accurate. That gun, that shotgun that was supposedly used in this, which was not the cause, the murder weapon, along with a lot of other memorabilia, including diaries and letters and things like that from Cobb, have all been found out to be completely, they were sold at auctions and are just fabrications they had to get eventually get pulled from auctions and it was super embarrassing because when you sell art you know things that are supposedly God. uh yeah. like actual things and you don't you kind of lose your ability you use, lose your credibility and a lot of this stuff is like potentially stump himself buying shit at like yard sales but old stuff market. and then just like fabricating just blatantly fabricating stuff to sell. That is insanity. And it would be actually very funny if Stump was telling the truth and now everybody afterwards is just defaming Stump after he's dead. Could be like a weird little irony. And like in between they're both also monsters. Who knows, maybe that's the truth, but who cares? Stump clearly, clearly after Ty Cobb died did some things that are like unethical, at least fudging the truth at, at least to straight up potentially, allegedly, and according to uh, some of these articles, just complete fabrications, it's like completely made up things, potentially like this assault in the Harris Club, potentially like the, the letters that,
0: that talk about this. Well, to clarify, Cobb's mother did kill his father. Um, yes. That is true. But not with the
1: shotgun that was sold. But yeah. The, that's... the
0: way that the story is actually told, aside from Stump's narrative, is that she believed he was an intruder. And so she shot somebody she thought was breaking into the house. The way they framed it in the movie is even in both versions of the story. First, you see her shoot somebody like an intruder, but then there's a second shot, like to the head, that's very clearly like, she mm-hmm. looks right at him like and can tell it's Finishes him. the job, yeah. And then there's the next version of it where it's the lover shooting and she's just standing right behind him just giving kind of this nod to like say, mm-hmm. go for it.
1: Finish the job,
0: yeah. And so both versions and Cobb's own narrative in the movie paint her as like, you know, literally I think he uses the term whore and basically that she's like this malicious murderess either way where mm. I think in truth it's and i can't say what the marriage of the Cobbs was like before that but the the way the story is actually structured is that she believed that her husband was somebody breaking into the house and shot him to protect herself and her family
2: and entering through the bedroom window not usually where the husbands come through usually it's where the intruders come yeah Yeah. can't
0: say i would pause to see if i recognize somebody if they were trying to climb in through my bedroom window
2: I think
1: there's, what, what I think was two stumps benefit with stuff like that and the Detroit, you know, assault slash murder scene and all the other stuff is that it was a different era and old, so old that it's really hard to get like super accurate records. Using the murder weapon being a completely different, like a difference between a shotgun blast and a pistol blast Pretty noticeable. Even an old timey coroner is going to be able to tell the difference. Yeah. So, like, those are weird lies to like fabricate. Like, why not just stay, you know, maybe like be like, who knows what happened? Murdered in the window, blah blah blah. You know, you could you can spin, like, that's the thing that's this this film would have been a more interesting movie. Is like the idea of like what is truth? Who can tell? Who's telling your story? And all of these things.
0: Lives, who dies, who tells your story? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah,
1: there you go. But, I, I guess it would work well as a as a narrative.
0: But um, I think what's there, interesting about the flashbacks in this movie is you only have, roughly speaking, aside from the ones in that clip show from Cooperstown, there's only two flashbacks in this entire movie. And it's Cobb at a baseball game being a villain, yeah. Like the, yeah. the worst comically bad human you can imagine like pulling a giant pair of women's panties out of his back saying your mother left these in my car last mm-hmm. night and mm-hmm. just like the most unoriginal villain on a baseball diamond you could imagine um also showing him cheating because he's handing money over to betters mm-hmm. at the beginning, which is another which, fabrication
1: completely. Wow, like, uh, like a like, legitimately one of the the big cardinal sins huge, in baseball. It's very
0: subtly done, but what a huge thing to accuse somebody of doing. Like, like literally, like, yeah, Sheila Jackson's But like, that's, that's yeah. That could ban a man from baseball.
1: Sheila so, Jackson and Pete Rose are not in the Hall of Fame and never will be because of that.
0: And they're like, just casually, he's just casually throwing money. At like cops at people and making bets, and I'm like, "Are you fucking?" I think that might be where I said, "How did nobody get sued for this?" That movie? is, that's like, a- yeah, that is
1: incredible. You you have a scene of him beating up a a no armed guy, <laughs> which I have not researched. I don't know if that was true or not. I kind of hope it was because maybe the heckler deserved it. Honestly, you don't know if he doesn't have. I think let's be let's be honest. If he was heckling really rudely. He hasn't had it coming. Did you guys see on
2: IMDb that the heckler was Jimmy Jimmy Buffett? Buffett.
0: Well, that's Jimmy right.
1: Buffett. Jimmy Buffett has like the most hilarious cameo streak in movies: the two margarita guy in Jurassic World, the no arm
0: heckler in Cobb, just Jimmy Buffett's just showing up, being like, "Yeah, I'll, I'll do your movie." Why? I somewhere that Jimmy Buffett is like secretly a billionaire. Like he's like. Oh, I
1: I don't doubt it.
0: Super wealthy man. um
1: He probably has the second largest uh, navy. With if he just if he can mobilize the parrot heads, he could okay. take over small islands.
0: I think we just that got to so back listening to a podcast about Jeffrey Epstein because he like lived in the same kind of like in his own islands a- area. He, yeah. he also
1: Jimmy Buffett. This is now a Jimmy Buffett podcast. um <laughs> And oh, desperate to get off of Cobb, um, he has like his own retirement community. Like that, people can that can like buy like homes. It's like I Um, don't like Boca Vista. All
0: in one place.
1: It's it's smart, man. That guy. talk
0: about business savvy. There you go. And also Um, did not write the Pina Colada song. I think everybody thinks that uh, he wrote the Pina Colada song, and he did not. Um, but I was gonna say there's. So I haven't read A Terrible Beauty, which is the more recent and more wildly considered to be accurate, Ty Cobb biography um but i was i found some interesting stuff after reading this that like stump isn't the only one who kind of manufactured stories that contributed to like the legend of ty cobb being like this jackass like i was reading about a story about where he apparently like beat up a black groundskeeper during spring training um mm-hmm. or like being familiar with him but the 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 way that story is structured is so interesting is because the groundskeeper never claimed that it happened. Groundskeeper's wife never claimed that it happened. Only the catcher for another team who supposedly interrupted the fight and had way back beef with Ty Cobb is the only one who ever brought that story to the media's attention. And so I think that's like, I mean, obviously he was not well loved by a lot of baseball players. He did throw his, like, you can see pictures of him driving his spikes into players. He was a menace.
1: Aggressive player. Yes. Oh, yeah.
0: He was an incredibly gifted baseball player. He absolutely changed the way baseball was played. Those parts of the story are true. Mm -hmm. But, like, I think that, like, I mean, you found some great quotes that you shared with us but how he openly talked about how like Negro leagues players should be allowed to play in the majors yes. and how, as long as everybody acts, cause he was big on decorum, he thought, so not on the field per se, but like, he was big on like a gentleman's game. Right. Yes. So, and he believed that if everybody could behave like a gentleman, there was no reason that they shouldn't be able to have mixed leagues. Like he had no, he openly spoke about that. And, and yet, that's what's it, crazy
1: is that Cobb is considered by these books, like as this, like, super about racist yeah and and i i and i would say like ashley like and brett like i feel like if you just pulled any random person and you asked like could name a couple things about ty Cobb, i think racist would be the number one thing people would say the family feud of ty Cobb. it's like yeah
0: race
1: on the board and like you're saying like it seems like he was less racist than a lot of other people in his era. So it's not even like, oh, a man of his era. It's like, no,
0: he was in his era. Rain of salt with that too, because I think somebody could say, I want to play with the best. Mm -hmm. Knowing that, you know, you have better players in the Negro Leagues than a lot of the black guys playing ball at that time. And I think probably part of him was saying, you know what, if they are the best, I want to be playing against the best. And I think you can believe that, but also be racist. Like I think.
1: Hundred so like, percent. I, I don't know. I wouldn't know. say that. Like he was not. I'm I just saying know was like... in
0: Ty Cobb's heart, and I know that there's plenty <laughs> enough stories out there about him being. Uh, but I think there's there's probably a lot of that that was created after the fact in works like Stumps. Mm-hmm. But I think enough of it was probably based in his real life behavior it's, it's hard to kind of balance those things because we have so much of the legend that we now understand literally based in lies. Yeah. And I think that makes it a very difficult thing for a man who died in 1961 for us to know the reality of his life from like 1901 or when baseball, baseball in Detroit started up until, you know, he died in the sixties. Like you're right. There's the the record of you know newspaper the record of what he said there's a lot of muddled fact yeah. there and I think that makes it easy for a guy like Stump to take advantage because who is going to Google it you're right back then to see if it's true or not
2: there was even in the in the car scene when when Willie is naming all of these great black players Cobb was saying still some just just outlandishly racist things but there was like a tinge in his voice you could tell that like he was like, yeah, these, those players are pretty damn good. I mean, they're not as good as me, but they're, they're, those yeah. guys can play. Well,
0: I like that the actual quote that he used in real life, actual quote was, Willie Mays is the only player he would pay to see. Yeah. Like.
1: It's, it's, a, I think what's really frustrating, especially uh, with this movie, with the book uh, that Al Stump wrote That this movie is based on that that a very talented director got tommy lee jones a very talented actor to play and they chose the worst source material you could possibly imagine based on a complete clown show of a human being it seems lynn al stump uh which might be just the most generous thing you can say he might be just an absolute fraud um allegedly uh the thing that's crazy is that, like, I the, the Cobb story is so fascinating. The character, the person is so fascinating because he was, what we know, a supremely talented baseball player who was also supremely competitive. And so, like, everything on the field, it would make sense if he would be, like, I would like to see, like, Satchel Paige or other, other Negro League players integrate because he... Did seem like a guy that any time when he was on the field, if you played against him, you hated him because he was going to go 110% and try to win more than anybody else. And so that's an interesting guy who also is maybe a very violent guy, who's maybe a rough and tumble guy, who's maybe pretty sharp around the edges. While he likes decorum, maybe he is bit of a drinker and and maybe he is all these other things maybe there is the tinge of truth in that that like gets amplified through hyperbole and lies where it's like the his mother killing his father is
0: a it's supremely it's a true and it's supremely tragic backstory and it truly did happen three weeks before he got called up by detroit
1: like that is that's all you need all this other bullshit is insane. Like, why not just stick... Why not write the real story? And now it's, like, kind of lost forever in this, like, mirage of truth and outright just outlandish lies. And it's... It's... What a shame.
0: It, it is. And I think, yeah, he's he is impacted, I think, by his, his behavior in his time. Like, I, I think he didn't make any friends and when you're so disliked by your contemporaries I think that does make it really hard because those are the people who are telling your story after the fact and if you're awful like just personality wise no fun to be around or so competitive that you're you're just mean like I don't know, I hate to make the comparison um but like you have somebody who can be a very competitive athlete who really is obsessed with the like, in- inner workings of the game, of honing his skills, of becoming the absolute... You know where I'm going with this. Becoming the absolute best in his role at the game. And as an athlete, is not making any friends because he's fucking see you next Tuesday about everybody he talks to on the internet, about everybody he interacts with in person, uh, and is legitimately an abusive piece of shit. Um,
1: Possibly even hated by his Japanese teammates now?
0: probably um so what i'm like i i think in that case there's a lot of evidence supporting the terrible person that that person is but i think it's a similar kind of mindset in like i used to be so fascinated by the player who will not be named the voldemort of baseball in that he was obsessed with the inner workings and the fine tunings and how Mm -hmm. to become the greatest and what the history like what could make a baseball player better he wanted to know exactly how a pitch could be improved he wanted to like work every part of that and it was so interesting and i think ty cobb was a lot like that i think he really believed in like the structure and development and the the way that the game could be perfected and i think that was what he was trying to do in his autobiography is like give that part of the game to a new generation um but you didn't make any friends along the way and nobody's going to tell great stories about somebody that is awful to them. And I think that's where we get a lot of Cobb's history or like the history of him from people who didn't like him. And that doesn't paint a great picture of anybody.
2: Like I almost would have wanted to see, and maybe we saw a little bit of it, but like the self-realization from Cobb that, Baseball was the only thing he was good at, wasn't a good father, wasn't a good person, didn't contribute to society. But he was really damn good at baseball.
0: And I think all the pieces were there for that. And I think if you'd structured it a little differently, where you had the visit to his daughter come before the trip to Cooperstown, where you had all of these pieces where he visited the mausoleum, like he looked at his own history on his way there, as opposed to it being marked as like a homecoming, because he's like, take me back to Georgia And I think if he'd done that stop on the way there and saw, you know, that my own daughter doesn't want to talk to me, that all I have of my parents is this place to leave their bodies and my body when it's over. And then he goes to Cooperstown and it's everybody going, oh, Ty, oh, you're so great. Oh, we love you so much. And then that party scene at the end where nobody wants to let him in. And like, Mm -hmm. and I think that could have been played differently too. Like the guy at the party's like, oh, fuck off, Ty. But I think if it had been played more like, you know, man, nobody nobody wants you here. Like, I think it would have been like low key, like, Hey, I know, but like, you can't come in, man. Nobody wants you here. I think that that would have been so much more crushing for him to like go with this realization. Oh, these guys were just applauding me. Oh, we're going to have a party. Not like this angry, rage filled, violent response. I think if he had literally just watched the way it crushed him and and realized that like all he had was baseball, I think that would have been so much more impactful in that way that those progressions happen. i mean it was all fucking made up anyway so why not change the way it was ordered
1: that's the part of this film that's the most frustrating is that if you're gonna make up everything make up a better movie like make up a better screenplay i I too could write a great movie about ty cobb without doing an ounce of research (laughs) if i can just make up everything about ty cobb then i could make a great ty cobb movie i like that's that's ah it's frustrating it's frustrating because there's talented people involved and what we got was a great big pile of shit um what about okay so we're i think we've fully covered uh the film bad the history accuracy very bad um but like what let's let's talk about the baseball part of this of this movie because we get not a ton we get not a lot but we do get some some clips like some scenes
0: you get basically a game like there's a mm-hmm. game where we get to see Ty it's mostly just him kind of being a prick to all the yeah. players yep i like the tiny glimpses it gives because he was a very aggressive player he was really motivated to like score runs steal bases he i think was very motivated and focused on the game on the base paths Like, later, he really disliked how focused the game had become on home runs, because I think small ball was very much Ty Cobb's, like, heart. Mm -hmm. And so I think it was really interesting how it showed um, him stealing bases and him using the element of of really, like, messing with the pitcher to his advantage. And I think stuff like that is very interesting to watch in baseball games, because it's very real. Like, you play a psychological game from both ends. And I think more of that would have played a lot better because it was really fun to watch him just so cocksure start to literally walk slowly towards home when nobody was paying attention to him and then successfully steal home. Like, I love stuff like that in baseball. Because you could picture Randy Rosarena doing it, right? Mm-hmm. You could just picture him just like smooth, slow walk with nobody paying attention to him. And he's stolen home before, so bless his heart. Like we know it's, yeah. it's great to watch. It's good baseball. Um, but it got so marred in him going, oh, I love being the villain. Oh, I love all of this. And I don't think that that was earned. I, don't, I think that they didn't give us enough baseball. I was furious about the betting scene that happened right before that.
1: It that was rough because it's like you're you're basically that's your whole movie. Yeah, we've had movies based around that as like the main crux, and it was just like a throwaway, like, yeah, you also did this. He also yeah. did the one thing that will guarantee you just like oh, like 15 years later, it's the entire world series is gonna be like marred because.
0: Yeah, uh,
1: eight baseball players.
0: Yeah, one of the greatest, one of the truly greatest hitters of all time is not in. Talk about another very complicated person.
1: Yeah, very yeah.
0: interesting. With where history has also kind of been yeah, a little piece of garbage, but uh, yeah, mixed. I think yeah. there's a little bit more evidence to back up some of the cases against Pete Rose. Um, oh, I was
1: thinking. I was thinking uh, Shoeless Joe.
0: Oh no, Shoeless Joe came before. Before Was that before? I thought it was nineteen.
1: It? Oh, I guess that was a little bit before.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So
1: then that's even crazier. Yeah, I'm talking. About like...
0: um, oh yeah, then P. Rose. Yeah, and,
1: yeah, and it no, seems also...
2: like something that it would have been very much against Cobb's. What well, we know of Cobb's moral compass, which isn't a great one, that's but like game. he loves baseball so much that he wouldn't want to cheat the game, I even the character.
0: Would, like the integrity of the game mattered so much to him that just doing something like that as a throwaway, like I could see him sharpening the spikes. I don't care about that. I could see him logicking that up the way he did in the movie as being like, oh, it's almost kinder this way because it's cleaner, cleaner hit. But like betting on baseball, I I, I, I can't imagine. I, that man had so much focus on like the game and the integrity of the game and like baseball as, you know, a gentleman's, I can't fathom it.
1: In both in both the, like, stump version of Cobb and other accounts of Cobb, it doesn't fit. Like, it doesn't even fit in the cartoon character stump version of Cobb. Like, it doesn't track as, like, a character. Yeah, I could see
0: him, like, wielding his pistol at Pete Rose if he saw him in Vegas. Like, that. Yeah,
1: was, yes. Yeah. Being, like, you know, yeah. Like, beating up Shoeless Joe in, like, a, in the out well, That was the person in Detroit. He actually he beat met up. Shoeless
0: Joe in person after... All of that long afterwards, when Shoeless Joe was just like working at a gas station somewhere, it had that and scene
1: where they were driving across the country.
0: Yeah, so and, and he, <laughs> went he went up, to spit that in. Like Joe, don't you know me? And he's like, Yeah, but I didn't think you knew me. Like it was kind of a really kind of that. God, that would have been in a movie. Are you kidding? There's me? A film.
1: That's that a great scene.
0: Fucking heartstrings. That's right a better
1: now. scene than every this movie. Uh, they did get accurate. Um, Tommy Lee Jones had the accurate batting um, grip. Yeah. The split grip uh which is very distinctive to Ty Cobb. It's very weird looking. If you watch it you're like that's a terrible like Tommy Lee Jones doesn't know how to hold a bat, but it's like actually Tommy the Jones is you're, there's photos of of Ty yeah. Cobb and he had a a split grip, you know. Very heavy contact approach. Um he was a, a phenomenal hitter. Like he was one of the the best hitters of his of his era. Uh, and of any era really I mean he has a lot of numbers and I thought also the film did a really interesting and fun job of like Ty Cobb in particular really hating Babe Ruth uh, yeah, I thought cute. that was kind of a fun like I could I could see that in that era of like this again if you're talking about like decorum of the game you have oh, Babe hold Ruth on. who's a really
0: terrible but funny quote and I'm gonna get away with saying it because it's a fat joke quote um, hold on because he, he's asked to say something nice. He's like, Stumpy's like, hey, can't you say anything nice about Babe Ruth? And I think I've lost... Yeah, he ran okay for a fat man. It was the absolute actor. Just, he's just deadpans. He's like, yeah, he ran okay for a fat man. And I'm just like, oh my God.
1: <laughs> that's But that's also, like, I feel like a good, like... Okay, he's a, kind of a, like a cantankerous guy. Yeah. But, like... We could add more of that and less of the like cartoonish villain uh, that's like not likable at all. I know. Like I don't know, I don't more know. Archie Bunker than than like just like Adolf Hitler. Like like it's like insane the level of like
0: right. like he should have had like an old timey mustache that he twirled the entire time. He should have tied Ramona to some fucking railroad tracks. It and-
1: was it was it was absurd. Yeah, and it the the film does not have enough baseball in it. The stuff we get is okay. Tommy Lee Jones is very old for, for, for the old stuff. Like, it's like, man, Ty, Ty Cobb was, he looked a lot younger than that when he was there, but like, whatever. The other
0: big issue too, is that Tommy Lee Jones and Ty Cobb look nothing alike. No, it. Like, Tommy Lee Jones looks absolutely nothing like Ty Cobb, which makes it very hard to buy into any of this movie off the hop because you're like, okay, this is just an old man yelling at a cloud. Like, yeah. This is, this is not the Ty Cobb story, even if you keep calling this man Ty Cobb. Like, it's just a white-haired old dude and in inexplicably great shape. A couple of times they, like, pulled up his shirt to give him a shot. And I'm like, does Tommy Lee Jones have abs? Like, what is happening here? Um,
1: (laughs) For a guy who is just basically consisting on nothing but pills and booze. Yeah. He's, he's still he's like in
0: great shape. Literally. Yeah. But the fun fact about this movie is that Tommy Z Jones actually had broken leg for like 90% of filming this movie. So he was oh. in a cast for almost the whole movie. So there's scenes where you can like see him kind of like limping down the streets and stuff like that. And that's because he'd actually broken his leg, I think almost prior to shooting and was oh. in a cast for like 95% of the movie. And the last thing they shot was the baseball sequence so that was like when he'd gotten the cast off and he was actually able to move around freely. But that's why you get so much of him just sitting or in the car or like no walking scenes whatsoever is because he couldn't.
1: That's, that is, oh boy. That, that's maybe a sign. Just don't do the movie. Yeah, maybe just don't just make don't the don't movie. Do this.
0: Like main actors like misery themselves <laughs> uh, to a state oh where my he can't goodness. actually do it.
1: I also wondered, okay, this is a question for related to the baseball part so 1960 with the the base the baseball writers they're hanging out they're having a discussion like who's the best baseball player of all time and they all are basically ty cobb
0: except the one guy in saying
1: 1960 yeah. yeah except for one guy saying baby in 1960 would that be the prevailing wisdom like would that be what everybody would agree
0: upon give me two seconds i feel like maybe because they're all old white men
1: yeah, that's true. They wouldn't think anything of that modern era. So you're you're probably not talking about like any of Mays or Mantle. Was, was it not? Babe a little bit Ruth, later. Though?
0: So here here's the problem. Here's our 1960 All-Star team. Yes. For for retrospect. Willie Mays. Mickey mm-hmm. May Mantle.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Hank Aaron. <laughs> God. Ernie Banks. Dan mm. Mutil.
1: Oh yeah. Pretty good. Williams. Oh, mm hmm.
0: And fucking Williams.
1: The Splendid Splinter.
0: Uh, Al K. Line. He Roberto was their
1: 1960 All
0: Star team? Is... Hold on, this is just giving me a weird list. Hold on. Eh, I don't trust Google.
1: Yeah, that must be all All Stars. But also, but the, but that is a list, though, of all people. No, who... this is
0: like, so we definitely had Hank Aaron, Ernie Banks. This is just like
1: Maze would also be in there. Yeah, Clemente would be in there.
0: I mean I can understand they're,
1: them not like yeah, these he's like, guys.
0: absolutely. Yeah. Um I can understand
1: these guys not choosing
2: me. Like, here we go. Here we go. American League.
1: Yeah. Yogi I I Barra,
2: Mickey Mantle. Yeah, Maris.
1: I feel like I just don't think Cobb would be the automatic. And I don't think Ruth as like one person saying it ever mean like just, Ruth. And
0: I think it's yeah, like especially if you're looking at like Contemporary, I mean, that's hard too, right? Because, like, if you sat a bunch of old white men sports trainers, right now, right now, how many of them are going to pick Shohei Otani? How many are going to pick Mike Trout? Mike Trout though, yeah. I think it's arguable that those are two of the best players of our generation and will stand the test of time into future generations. And it's also hard to say, too, because I know, I'll stand by that. You can quote me on that in 25 years, okay. they'll both be Hall of Famers, <laughs> but like. You also have to look at the, the like, the recency bias of certain things, right? Because if I was writing an article on who the best players are right now, I would not put Miguel Cabrera on the list because right now he plays like absolute dog shit. But he's a first ballot Hall of Famer. Mm-hmm. So, like, maybe, like, they're skipping recency and going for the all-time greats. You know what I mean? Like, maybe you are really picking because, you know, Ty Cobb was the first Hall of Famer, right? Like, so it's I don't know. I don't
1: know. I just, it doesn't, it's one of those things, maybe somebody can tell us if, if they are of a certain era, that, like, maybe this was a different, like, time. But, like, I just feel like somebody like a Ted Williams would be old enough because he broke in in 1939, and his like you know prime years were
0: the, just pre an and then
1: just post World War so. II. 1960, I and think, an active all star. That's like 20 years of talent plus yeah. skipping a little bit, going to World War II. I'm sorry, one of those guys is is Ted Williams. Is somebody saying Ted Williams in that group? Yeah, I mean, like, it's he... not all like obviously Ty Cobb.
0: No, like even today, if you were to ask who the greatest baseball players of all time, I think you would get more Ted Williams than Ty Cobb. Hundred percent, yeah. No,
1: you yeah. would get you would get Mays, you would get Cobb. You would you would probably get Cobb in the top ten, but I don't even know if you get him in the top five. And and like I feel it just it was very weird because it did feel like the film was so insular and like we're creating a narrative, and it's just started it off as like a, the first of many lies that this movie was going to tell us.
0: Yeah. Like, I love that the guy says Babe Ruth and they're like, oh, I'm not. I'm like, no, totally would, fair answer. Like, calm down. Nobody would be like, how dare you pick Babe Ruth? And like, it's- that should have been like a
1: funny, yeah. like, uh, of the era. Like, somebody that was like good in 1960 that was never good again. Like, I think him, you know, I don't I can't, I'm not, don't have the knowledge of that, but like an obscure player that was like maybe good in the world series in the like the 50s but like never really did anything and people are like what are you
2: talking about that guy i that sucks Roger's Hornsby was like one of the greatest too and he was in the he was in the movie
1: yes yeah. yeah i just i i think it's like it's such a narrative fiction of like we need to make this because Cobb needs to be the best player and agreed upon Legendary everybody loves Ty Cobb player the is of the kind era.
0: Kind of interesting. I think if you look at it, there was 1960, they're having this argument. These ball players are like maybe in their 40s, right? Like they don't look like they're late 50s, they look like they're maybe late 40s. So even if you factor that in, Ty Cobb was old for their era. Like Cobb made it into the the Hall of Fame, what, 1936?
2: Like, like inaugural class, yeah.
0: Like he factored the add, you know, 24 years to that. These guys were maybe 20, you know, 25 when he got into the Hall of Fame. And they've watched another 24 years of baseball since then. And they're still... And so how long he's got to be retired? What, five years before he can get into the Hall of Fame? Well, so, well and that one...
1: Existed then. Yeah, that was the inaugural class. So
0: it's... But he could have just retired. I don't know. I'm going for yeah. today's rules. But yeah, so he, you know... But you know what i mean right like they've gone it's, 20 it, it, almost a quarter decade a quarter century watching other baseball players play since he's retired and there's and the, so of their
1: kids. prime of their like prime like writing yeah. and going to games like and yeah, these are
0: professional sports writers supposedly so there they, hasn't
1: been anybody in their professional careers that even is an argument over a player who went to the hall of fame. Yeah. Like 20 years before they're talking almost 30 yeah. years. Th- 25 years before they're talking about this.
0: It just no, it doesn't ring does. true.
1: It doesn't ring true. None of this movie rings true. It all just seems like complete poppycock. It's you know, someone involved
0: in writing this movie. Like I think well, he's it's, to it. it's.
1: I I mean it's I know it's based on his book. Like it's pretty much entirely based on his book. Um I mean again, the 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 writer, interestingly, David uh, David Lester was like an executive producer on a lot of a lot of uh, the movies that um, uh, that Ron Shelton did. Ron so, Shelton wrote this. So Shelton wrote it as well. So he's and okay, it.
0: gets a writing credit, but it's be- It's because of the book. So
1: yeah, it's it's I think just. Maybe he doesn't read too much into it and just decides to write a script off of a really crazy book. Um, All right, we've talked enough about this. Yeah, I, I would normally movie. say that this is where we're going to
0: ask who we're going to take for the raise, um, but we only really saw one player,
1: and they're all corpses now.
0: Yeah, but obviously, I think in his prime, we would all take Ty Cobb. Mm. I think our biggest problem...
1: Brett's got something over there.
0: He's going to have opinions, but I think our biggest problem with Ty Cobb is that the Rays function with a positive based, a positivity based clubhouse. I think we've seen that. I think clubhouse cancers really throw that that vibe off and they help.
2: get traded really quickly with the race yeah, yeah like it, 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 nobody it wouldn't happened. take long it would take one bullet hole in the clubhouse. you, you the see house some house. of these weird Cavi- like may april like early june trades huh. you're like that's weird
0: i have a caveat to this in that ty cobb was very outspoken in his later years about how poorly he was treated when he was called up as a rookie with the tigers because a lot of the older veteran players were really, really kind of threatened by I think the the promise that he showed, and for good reason. And he was hazed mercilessly. Ooh. Like people, Ooh, like you know, destroyed his locker, threw out his stuff, like beyond the typical rookie, you know, jokingness. Like he was maliciously treated. And I think after the fact, he even said something like. That experience turned me into like a wild cat, like a feral cat, Mm. because he always had his backup. So I take the caveat that if I was going to pick a Ty Cobb for the Rays, I would pick rookie call-up immediate Ty Cobb Mm. introduced
2: into a positive clubhouse where his skills could be known and he would not turn into
0: the monster that he was in this movie.
2: He can start working with Justin Sua, who I'm, I don't know his exact. Title. Good, good mental health, yeah, po- positivity could change the course of his whole life.
0: Absolutely, wow. a different Cobb entirely.
2: Well, I will take someone who, uh, yeah, I mean his record's not squeaky clean either, but I'm going to take mm-hmm. the Rocket Roger Clemens, <laughs> who <laughs> appeared as the yes. opposing pitcher. Yep. And, oh well God. i don't know who he was playing so i am i allowed to take i i think oh, that's fine actor roger,
1: roger
0: clemens?
2: Yes. actor roger clemens
1: 1994 roger clemens too
2: not too yeah. bad not oh too bad God, i
0: thought he was like a real actor
2: he had lines he yeah he, he was good. talking he,
0: he did really real well actors?
2: yeah yeah yes he, he he's
1: he's on he's uh he he could strike in solidarity actually if he Thanks. wanted to right now um <laughs> uh
0: writers i'm making jokes but we stand by the writer obviously
1: yeah obviously they i we 100% as writer yeah
0: absolutely uh but yeah roger cummins that's a good pick nice choice yeah i didn't even realize that's who that was because i stopped watching before the credits all rolled
2: i i hadn't looked at imdb yet and then i saw it and i'm like i'm watching with with my girlfriend and she has no idea who Roger Clemens is, so she was very confused when I started asking, is that Roger Clemens? And indeed it was. By no
0: means the best baseball player cameo we've had in any of these movies, but I still think goes to the fan. Um. <laughs>
2: <laughs>
0: yeah. Because nobody else had to be murdered at home plate.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, good Lord, I don't know who I'm taking. Roger Clemens was my, my ace in the hole here. Um... I I definitely do not want uh any of those sports writers anywhere near the beat. Uh I don't want old man Cobb. He
2: can still uh, hit 290.
1: Near. He can still hit 290, yeah. That's I true. might take that. Yeah, I might take Cobb. 72-year-old psych. So I might I might take Tommy Lee Jones as like a financial investor because we could use some seed. I think Stu Sternberg could use some money for the new stadium. because, You know, maybe just the Ty Cobb Foundation get some of that Coca-Cola money and General Motors money. <laughs> um uh but yeah maybe just uh maybe just that um whoever's still managing the Ty Co- the Ty Cobb uh foundation.
2: His, his butler person was pretty good. Maybe he could be like a clubby or something like I, I don't yeah, know. Exactly. Lead clubhouse attendant, yeah. yeah. It's a it's a rough it's a it's a rough go
1: right here. I'm not no, definitely not. He, I don't, we don't need people just like Trump making up we, stories. Never. Absolutely not. Just fabrications. If you th- if you here. think
2: snarky attendance tweets are bad, wait till you see what, what Al Stump does on his Twitter. When Al Stump says there were zero people Al, in the ben,
0: stands. Ben Verlander is the
1: Al Stump of our generation. He is, He's still, he's still just. Completely defamed Babe Ruth just making up a murder that
2: didn't happen. He
0: literally knew that something Al Stump did, so like why not? It's true, yeah.
2: Ben Verlander is, is Al Stump. My, my last thought on Al Stump was, man, I'm sure like for, for a chunk of the of the, you know, twentieth century it was real easy to get away with stuff like this with just, with just lying, making things up and no one noticing.
0: It does kind of I, make me wonder how much other stuff we believe that is just absolute nonsense. It's, uh, yeah.
1: It, I guess that's the lesson of this movie is to really be like, maybe don't accept everything you hear from people,
2: especially online, uh, as just honest fact. That claim to be firsthand fact. accounts of, of these events. Can I also yeah. say, my my last thought on this movie is, I think this ranks maybe number 1 in terms of being the least rewatchable of every movie we I would
0: reviewed. rewatch the the fucking what's the um Al and Brandon Fraser
2: Oh, The Scout. The Scout. The oh, Scout 100%. I would do a yeah. double
0: feature of The Scout and An The Ed? Any other oh, movie. Yeah,
1: I would. I would. They those are Unhinged movies, but at least when I saw that chimpanzee or that man in a chimpanzee costume, I knew that was true and not yeah. a lie. That was, that was
0: fabricated. That was, <laughs> that was a yeah, real. This was um. This was hot garbage, and like worse it, it on, was a... not even like fun hot garbage. It is unhinged in a terrible way deeply unwatchable poorly made like it's it's an affront to cinema and to storytelling
1: it's a movie that basically gives you the feeling of being stuck in a really awkward like conversation
0: Oh, being at like a bad family dinner where like you have and
1: it's just and things are getting really bad and like things are gonna get violent and people are saying racist and you're just like what the hell is happening? How did I get here? I just want to leave. But like that person now brandishing a gun. Like, oh my God, what is happening? Like, it's just, the fact that this movie is so long and it just forces you to be like stuck between these two people like the whole time, it's so deeply uncomfortable. I think you're right, Brett. I don't, I I think like, there's a lot of movies I will never rewatch again that we've watched for this podcast. But this one is... Just so painful.
0: I would rewatch this was... before I watched this again. Oh
1: yeah, yeah. I could I could easily hate watch that almost any day of the week.
0: <laughs> I've seen that twice already, and I I would do oh, it again, a thousand times I, before ever. I would ever. I would
1: I would riff track that. That's easy. Yeah, I would do that again. Uh, but like this one, I will say it was also by far, far and away my wife's least favorite of all the movies we watched. And I, it by far, like she afterwards was boiling mad that that we that she had to watch this because like it was just it's just a very uncomfortable film to watch nobody had fun in in my watch party this was a no and i I tweeted
0: the same thing i'm like wow i know the point of who's on worst is for us to watch bad baseball movies but like this was hard
2: rough rough stuff and i kind of went into this one and darby had had been telling me things but like before I started, I looked at the Rotten Tomatoes score. I'm like, okay, 65%. Like Maybe this Positive. has some semblance of of a, of a story, right? Beginning, middle, like maybe, maybe this will be... a
0: serious movie, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: It, maybe it didn't hit the mark. Maybe it hasn't aged well. Whatever. I, I went into it with like medium to like high expectations of like, okay, like this could be decent. And then it just was like very quick. It went downhill in the snow very quickly. <laughs> And yeah, did not enjoy it.
0: Into a snowbank. Hold on. I gotta see if I have any other really important notes to share before we end this. Um oh I said I had a note that just said Chekhov's fireplace question mark, because there's a scene where, oh, yeah. T- where where Stomp has passed out after having his like gun wielding diatribe and he's out cold. And Cobb gets up and he's kind of... Put in
1: bed the, the the wrong way, way, of course. Yeah, yeah,
0: backwards, in bed, as one does.
1: For the second um, time in the movie.
0: Because it's, you know, important to show that he's disoriented. Uh, and Cobb goes through and finds the secret box of Stumpy's notes for the second book that he's writing. And this is just to show you how bad the storytelling and and, and work of this movie is. We have several times had close-ups of a fireplace in this motel room where he's roasted marshmallows, and it's audibly crackling in the background. And then he sits down with this box of papers right in front of the fireplace and ragefully goes through, realizing what Stump has done is to craft a book telling the truth about him. And when he gets up in a fury, so mad that he is about to shoot both Stump and then himself. like uh, the guard. He hucks the box of papers at a wall. There is a fireplace in front of him that he could have thrown those notes into with a much more, like, much more impactful thing. Can you imagine Stump waking up in the morning and seeing the papers littered in front of the fireplace? Come on, like, Chekhov. And I said that before the scene happened. I'm like Chekhov's fireplace because I'm like this will be interesting, and it got so close to being a meaningful and impactful scene. And then it didn't fucking happen. I was so mad.
1: It's... The, the, the hotel thing was very weird. And I also just couldn't help but like think that poor maid that had to come in. There's bullet holes. The bathroom blood is all over filled the with bathroom. blood. There's just paper everywhere. <laughs> it's... Uh, the Whoever is the maid cleaning that up deserved more. They
0: just loved uh, that cabin afterwards. Or they just called it the Cobb Cabin. The cob cabin. Yeah. It.
1: Yeah, there you go.
0: Um, oh. yeah. So I think the general consensus is that this was absolutely terrible. Um, you should never, ever, ever watch it. Um, no. please don't do that to yourself. There's no redeeming qualities of this movie whatsoever. And if there are, we've touched on them in about five and a half seconds in this podcast. There's not
1: even good, there's not even like a good Tommy Lee Jones performance where it's yeah. like, ooh, this is like a dark and scary Tommy Lee Jones. It's no, he's just like. He's not phoning it in but he's he, he's not resembling a, a human character it's
0: he's he's calling from like cool world where everyone's a cartoon like there's absolutely something very unhinged about this movie and not like a fun way um so don't watch it um so i think with that we have been who's on worst i know in our last podcast we kind of hinted that we would be doing this more often and clearly um we've been very very bad at that but in fairness to us our entire podcast network grumbled, as did my life, (laughs) is what it feels like with this stupid house move, Um, and I know Brett's had work out of town, and we've all had a little bit of trouble making it work, Um, so we are going to work on doing it more often, but I will not promise any timelines, because that feels unfair to everybody, Um, but just know we are still here, we will continue to do podcasts, and they will all be available, like this one, in video, as well as on the regular podcast feed. So hello, welcome to our faces. Next time I won't be sitting on a couch, although this has been very comfortable, I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> um so I think with that, we have been who's on worst. Uh I'm Ashley with Darby and Brett. Um, you can follow us on the fans, of, I don't fucking know. Um fans they-
1: first sports network.
0: Thank you. I'm Thank
2: here you just to get the plug. They
0: pay me at some point. Um, so I should get their <laughs> name right.
2: Um <laughs> And if you were you were already following us, then you'll get this because I didn't even know this was going to happen. We're on the same feed. Yeah, we need some new. We need to yeah. uh, cover art, but so, other yeah. than that, so some of you. No, we don't. We have me, me neither. So it's not. It's it's not ready yet. But um, yeah, I mean, we didn't even know where. Like some of you might have just be listening and have no idea that. We're not. You've heard a lot of podcasts of us talking convention. about something that they're I like. I
1: think we I mentioned it in the last that.
0: one when we found out. Um, and this has kind of just all been going on in the background for us as well. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah. So if you're curious, we are no longer on SP Nation. They defunded all podcasts. I feel completely comfortable saying that because it's true.
2: Um, yeah, well, you're not out <laughs> stumpin' that. I mean, that's. That really we
0: did, and then a new network kind of popped up from the the smoke and ashes, much like a phoenix onto your um you know podcast feeds and so clearly nothing just say for you um we still make no money doing this (laughs) even though i think we're technically do, um but we don't (laughs) so um yeah
2: yeah i've been very happy with fans first the podcast support like way better than sp nation so i'll take it
0: i just show up and talk about things (laughs) same Uh, but i will be editing this video down so any anything you've seen here um, it wasn't in the original. Uh, it was me not being lazy. Congratulations to me. Okay, so I think next time um, I don't know, maybe we'll throw up a vote to see what everybody else wants us to watch because I made this decision and it was among the worst of my life. Um, so maybe <laughs> next time we can uh, blame you guys for something. So <laughs> I think with that, we're going to peace out and we'll see you next time. I'm sure Brett and Darby will talk to you before I do on Raise Your Voice um, and have a good one.
1: Bye, Bye, everybody.